Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Pym, and what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to talk about sex and sexuality with me. Today, I'm super excited. This is somebody that I've met, like, kind of recently, seen them in a bunch of cool, like, kinky public spaces, um, and uh, yeah, we've got a lot to talk about, so strap in, everybody. Strap in and strap on. It's Mistress Juju. <laughs> Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited to chat with you. We've got like a good little list of topics and like you're just a pleasure. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I've seen you like, I saw you at the one of the sex tech TO uh, meetups one time and then I saw you do a... Um, facilitate a demo at oasis one time i saw you at the munch recently so i was like i gotta yeah. i gotta get i gotta get you on the pod come on now <laughs> yes i've been really trying to get myself out there like meet people meet other doms make connections so it's been a kind of crazy past couple of months but i'm really like grateful that i've had that so <laughs> yeah absolutely getting started um well we'll say um that you are how, how new are you when did you start professional domination <laughs> just to give so, people an idea yeah like i started actually taking like clients like paid clients since july yeah um which was when uh, miss chloe mars the lovely dom made my website for me um it's, it's so good my, may i say oh, it's so good <laughs> and you. it just like shows you off so well it's very it feels very you and yeah it's chloe is amazing uh, yeah like yeah yeah She's so talented and she, yeah, I, I agree. Like she really did capture my whole like essence, like the whole, you know, gothic theme. That's kind of my style, you know, goth dommy mommy kind of vibes. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, she really captured that. Um, but yeah, like I, it was kind of hard to get um, like clients and uh, like organize the time properly without the website. So I made it like a goal, like, okay, I'm gonna like splurge, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna make the website so that I can actually have a like proper way to get clients. Yep, um, smart. But like, yeah, but before that, I was basically, you know, just going to play parties, going to munches, meet, meeting people, um, just letting them know, you know, I'm like trying to become a pro dom. Um, if you ever want to do like a session, whatever, like just to get experience and that what what I was doing beforehand. But then yeah, after the website in July, that's when I started getting like actual paid clients. So awesome. Still yeah. New. yeah. <laughs> I feel like yeah, getting the website. It's interesting, right? Because like social media is, you know, fucking everybody's on social media all the fucking time now. So I don't think new doms might realize how 
integral a website is like mm-hmm. I love that um that was like your first thought okay website yeah it, it definitely helped like I would tell anyone who's starting out like definitely get a website it helps so much Yeah, because I feel like people are like, a lot of folks probably don't. And they're like, well, you don't really need a website nowadays. So what do you think? What do you think it's good for? What does it do for you? Pretty much organizing, um, like, your clients, listing all your services. Because I used to get so many DMs and of people being like, oh, do you offer this? What do you offer? Like, what yep. are your rates? Can we do this and this? And I'm like, I am so overwhelmed just reading these DMs. Like, I don't even want to answer them. So I would just, like, ignore them. And then, like, of course, I didn't get any, like, um, clients because I would refuse to answer because it's just so, too overwhelming. Um, and, like, having multiple platforms, too. Like, I have FetLife. I have Instagram. I have Twitter. And all those combined, it's just way too much to handle. So, like, with the um, website, they can easily, you know, submit an inquiry there and it goes directly just to my email so i only answer um anything that comes into my emails no dms which really helps so yeah uh the decision to just not answer any dms was so good for my mental health i can't even tell you exactly (laughs) oh my god it's like yeah it's so hard yeah but i get that thing of like you know Uh, as anyone with like as any you know woman knows <laughs> like you just get flooded you get flooded in the dms right so yeah <laughs> you know and and it's so they'll send a dm like so impulsively so you know it's so easy to send a dm right yeah. um like a one yeah. word dm even like hi <laughs> like what the fuck is that buddy but i think a pro Uh, maybe not a pro dominant, but I think a sex worker did uh, um, gather da- data. And I think she has a full spreadsheet of like for a full year, she answered every inquiry, every little text, one word text, every d- stupid DM <laughs> answered everything and figured out the percentage of how many turned into a booking. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, no surprise. <laughs> those those dms <laughs> rarely very 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 rarely turn into a booking so it's this thing of like if somebody really does want to book you they're going to go through the proper channels right so you've got to present yeah. the proper channels for a serious um inquiry versus an impulsive dm like that exactly yeah yeah it's never like genuine like they just want to like talk or yeah. you know get some kind of sexting session out of it and then just leave forever it's like that's not how it works but. yeah honestly any experience i've had where you know if it's a gen if it feels more like a genuine inquiry in the dms then i will answer i'll drop my booking link i'll be like yes i do offer that here's my link that's all i'll say mm-hmm. though i won't like do back and forth yeah. but like literally Anytime I did respond to a DM and had like a small conversation about what you offer or whatever, the minute you drop the link, they're gone. So it's like, that's yeah. never the intention. It's very, very rarely the intention. It's that thing of like, oh yeah, tell me what your sessions, what it looks like to <laughs> session with you. And they're just jerking off with the answer. Yeah. What do you exactly, offer? And yeah. then they're jerking off thinking about those things, <laughs> you doing those things, whatever you're saying you offer, you know, it's like no yeah it's upsetting like 
don't like stop wasting my time right yeah like i'm still learning that too with like trying not to answer dms like sometimes i will and then you know the minute i say like oh it's gonna cost this then they just ghost and and i'm like well i just wasted like 20 minutes of my time like (sighs) chatting with this person (laughs) yeah yeah upsetting is is the word (laughs) (laughs) frustrating yeah because i think people don't realize too if it's like you know again if you're a woman online it's not like one one dm a day you're getting you know it's dozens (laughs) on each platform so if that's the way that you're taking clients and it rarely is they'll tell folks listening that rarely rarely do pros book through dms very rarely right Mm -hmm. so it's like yeah it's all this unpaid labor yeah it's, it's definitely the best way and like i this is not related to like sex work but uh, one of my friends is a like pro tattoo artist right um and they've told me like they specifically don't answer dms because of people who are not genuine like they'll see a drawing they'll be like yeah i want this but then it never works out so that's like why it's proven like websites will be more successful in like getting clients so yeah absolutely Um, so I know Chloe Mars kind of has a process, um, to kind of draw out of you, you know, like, what do you look like aesthetically? You know, what are kind of your core kinky values? You know, what are like three words to describe you, like your brand and your, you know what I mean? Like she's got some cool Mm -hmm. questions. So did you already have kind of a solidified, idea of who mistress juju was or was that kind of like part of the process of of you found it out via making a website with chloe um i kind of did have a like an understanding of what i wanted to be beforehand um just through you know going out to munches and like talking with my friends about like how do they see me as like being a dom yeah um and like I'm really good at like affectionate kind of domination. So they said like, I have that dommy mommy kind of vibe. Um, Also my type of style uh, in my personal life is kind of like goth. Um, But then also I like to uh, play with kind of like pinks and purples and fun different colors. So yeah, I'd say like, I like the harsh kind of like goth, like, scary kind of vibe um but then you know i like to surprise people with oh like she has a cute side to her i guess so yeah or a softer side as you said affectionate exactly yeah but still cruel still have to have the cruelty (laughs) always (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that's an important thing to know of like okay i have this aesthetic so you know, it's important to think about if I just kind of present this aesthetic, am I going to come off like I'm this really cruel, hard, sadistic, um, Mm -hmm. you know, mean, like whatever words you want to attribute to that look, like I'm going to come off really strict, stern. So it's like, that's really cool that you were like, okay, I need to balance these two things of like, you know, if you just see me in a picture, it might come Mm -hmm. off a certain way. So then I have to show this kind of like cute side, this sweet side you're mentioning. 
um, as well, because yeah, that's, that's part of branding, right? It's like, okay, I look this way, but my, what it feels like to session me with me is maybe a bit different than people would assume, you know, based on what I look like. So you kind of got to balance all that Mm -hmm. and kind of think about all that, right? Yeah, it's actually kind of funny, like, from experience with the like clients and then also people have like dated in my personal life so when they see me like online versus when they finally meet me in real life they're like oh i was not expecting you to be like so soft-spoken because <laughs> like they see my persona online and i'm like always you know with the like goth style and like mean i guess kind of but yeah and person I'm like kind of the opposite but (laughs) yeah I feel like that you know that's something that happened to me really early in my career too of like you're a dominatrix so they're already assuming you're a certain way you know you're mean Mm -hmm. you're hard whatever it is so that you know coupled with the fact I'm taking serious pictures serious looking stern looking pictures as well like you know, that's actually going to be those two things are going to do a disservice. Because for me, it's like, I'm really warm and playful, you know, so I had to mm-hmm. do that thing also of like, Ooh, yeah, okay. So my, my socials have to show off that I'm a bit of a goof, and I'm funny and fun. <laughs> um, you know, to kind of balance that misconception thing out. Yeah, like, even when I first met you two, I did like I was kind of nervous because you seem very intimidating online as well and same with um, (laughs) same with like goddess Freya and goddess Phoenix like I met them as well and like I was so intimidated and then when I met you guys all in real life I'm like oh my gosh you guys are so sweet it's so nice like can't believe it (laughs) we're all very sweet love the people (laughs) lovely humans it's funny though like yeah it's um i i honestly i think pro doms are so sweet like they're really sweet people which is again not what one might think but like i've never met you know a group that's more just like empathetic and grounded and nice and you know chill and like i love the whole community aspect of this like work as well like I was worried, you know, people, it would be like a huge competition, like no one wants to see me succeed, like, am I going to fail, but like everyone has been so helpful, so supportive, like giving me advice, like even it's it's just really, yeah, really comforting and nice to know that like I can succeed in this like career without any like obstacles from other people. Yeah, I'm so glad that that is your experience because, um, yeah, if it's like I I know that somebody's kind of newer and coming to this type of work, I'm going to, you know, be the person to try and support them and, and um, mm-hmm. you know, but I know that's not always the case, you know, yeah. and a lot of people yeah. have really negative experiences with that. It, yeah, yeah I, I feel like I'm very, like, grateful and lucky that this point like in my life like it's it was a right timing for sure 
So how did you find community? I think that's something that people who are newer at this, they kind of struggle to find. So how did you, how did you kind of reach out for support or begin your journey interacting with other pros? Um, it kind of started by like going to munches. Um, so yeah, the actual first ever munch I went to was the ritual chamber munch. Um, I was, yeah, quite nervous. Like I didn't know what to expect. Um, but yeah, everyone was so nice. Um, and then I started going to the TNG munch was, um, yeah, that was like the second munch I ever went to. And I met a pro dom there who kind of gave me advice and was like, um, yeah, just kind of network and find like a community, um, build your own like image on that life and stuff. And yeah, she gave me advice, but yeah, like it just pretty much started from munches and meeting people. Everyone that I've met from munches has been so nice, so lovely, um, so supportive, like, yeah, it's it's been an amazing experience, pretty much. Yeah, I'm so ha- once again, I'm so happy that's your experience. <laughs> like, thank you. Yeah, like that's I love that, and I think you really went about that in a really awesome way of being like, look, I want community to be part of, like, I want to be part of the community. I want, and I'm recognized that I, you need community, you know, especially mm-hmm. when you're starting out. So I'm gonna make an effort to you know try and meet folks and learn from them and whatever become friends with them and and stuff like that yeah I'm I'm kind of that personality is like I don't like asking for help (laughs) but I had to learn the hard way like it's okay to ask for help it's okay to be you know not know something and like want to learn from others and ask for advice um but yeah like it was definitely hard for me at first um because you know I grew up like so shame like ashamed and stuff of like liking kink um (laughs) I remember I was even too scared to go into a sex shop at one point um and then like years later now I'm working at a sex shop which is kind of crazy um yeah how things change (laughs) I think there's a um a dick slinger to pro dom pipeline of some sort because i it's also the gateway yeah. <laughs> the gateway drug he's working at a sex shop <laughs> truly no like really yeah yeah yeah, that, that, yeah yeah um i think another thing that you that i know you did that is i think a really important way to go about um being a newer pro is booking consults with people like hiring other sex workers like i know you you've done that a couple times i think um how how did you know to do that and and how valuable was that for you um like i know like other pro doms like their time is very valuable um and like their advice is actually like worthwhile. Um, I did actually do um, one of um, headmistresses Sharzad's class a um, couple months ago. It was like how to become a pro dom, so I did take that one. 
Um, yeah, and like the advice was so helpful. Talking to Miss Chloe Morris as well was just so good. Like she helped me out so much with, you know, how to accurately price my services, um, like what kind of services I should do, like what I'm depending what I'm comfortable with, like what kind of boundaries I should set with each um session. Like I had no idea what I was doing at first and like it's just such valuable advice and like I'm so grateful um that like I was able to be helped in that way. But yeah, like I don't know, I just felt like because she already has experience with that, she would like her advice would be like really useful compared to I don't know, someone who's like not really doing it pro I guess I don't know not to say that their advice wouldn't be valuable but yeah I just wanted to make sure like I was getting the best advice (laughs) yeah no that totally makes sense yeah and I think it's hard when you're just starting out specifically like as a pro dominant also because you know again there's that thing of like dominants are supposed to look like they really fucking know what they're doing at all times right (laughs) and like I can't show the cracks in the you know in the facade stuff like that and like you know (laughs) it's tough yeah that's a tough thing of of that learning curve you know because it specifically conflicts with this like brand we're kind of trying to project or the fantasy anyway that we're trying to sell essentially and Mm -hmm. um that thing happens where you're like oh no I can still be a human um (laughs) you know I don't have to be a a cake dispensing robot I can show my vulnerability and I can kind of diversify also how this looks how did you come into your brand like the more maybe softer parts of your voice dominant voice how did you come into that how did you find that out I think it's kind of just going off of my personality yeah like I'm a pretty soft-spoken type of person um and in my personal life too like I find I'm the kind of like nurturing type of person I really like to take care of my partner and I found like as I was exploring kink like that was um a huge part of it as well like yeah just you know taking care of um, my submissive and pleasing them like I wouldn't say I'm more of like a like a service type of dom like I prefer to do the things (laughs) to my submissive than to have things done to me that's just my like preference but yeah, yeah that, I feel like that's my style. <laughs> I love that. No, it's so funny. When I was like starting my pro-dom journey, I kind of had this thing in my head of like, yeah, specifically like the um, archetype of like celebrity dom, you know, or mm-hmm. like princess dom where, yeah, the submissive pays for everything for them right and Mm -hmm. I had that in my head a lot that dynamic of like the sub needs to be you know way um waiting on her hand and foot and all of that and I actually spoke to Lady Dreams on an episode so many years ago at this point and she was like this kind of blew my mind at the time honestly she was like oh no I pay for everything I'm in charge Mm -hmm. of all the finances and yeah dinner happens I pay for everything I carry all the bags 
I, you know, like those, those, again, subverting those gender roles, which is interesting. But Oh, yeah, I love that. I love yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. And once I thought of it as like a, a caregiver archetype, then I'm like, oh, obviously, that makes sense. But specifically for me, like in the money aspect. Um, and she wasn't really talking about Findom. She wasn't like, I control all the finances. It wasn't about control. Mm -hmm. It was like you're saying it was more about care. I want to absolutely coddle you know my sub yeah. like I want to swaddle and, and <laughs> you know <laughs> and treat them and like just spoil the shit out of them and that at the time I was like shit yeah yeah that's literally <laughs> me um I feel like it's a blessing that I work at a sex shop because I get a nice discount so all the stuff I buy <laughs> for my sub <laughs> All the stuff I buy for my subs is at least not too crazy. Oh like, I'm God, not broke funny. after. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love, like, we get new stuff in stock. I'm like, ooh, I could use this. I need this. Well, they would like this. <laughs> hey, I know that working at a sex shop is so dangerous. Like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, my God. You buy everything. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Like the whole shift, you're walking around the space looking at all the new shit that just came in. Like, you know, it's impossible to not. Right? Like half my paycheck is just gone. Oh my God. It's so bad. <laughs> but if that's coupled with this like dominant voice where you want to buy things for your submissive, so yes. fucking dangerous. <laughs> oh my God. So bad. So bad. Even like lingerie, I'm like, ooh, they would probably like this. Oh, yep. I should dress him up in this. He would look so cute. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> They're your little doll. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> the Post Podcast is sponsored by Come As You Are. Founded as a worker-owned cooperative, Come As You Are has a fundamentally anti-capitalist and feminist approach to sexual pleasure, health, and education. Come As You Are doesn't profit from your pleasure and only stocks products that they truly love and believe in. Come As You Are has been voted best sex shop in Toronto since 1997. Check them out at comeasyouare.com or 254 Augusta Avenue in Toronto's own Kensington Market. We are also sponsored by Club M4 Toronto. Club M4 is the largest sexually charged lifestyle club in the GTA. And now you can go to their website, www.clubm4.com. If anything looks interesting and you want to check it out, head on down to Club M4 at 1989 Dundas Street, Mississauga. Um, okay, since we mentioned kind of like subverting gender and stuff like this, I know that you have like a gender exploration journey that you wanted to talk about a little bit. Um, is it related to your dominant voice? And like, did that happen in parallel to like your gender journey? Or is it totally separate? Um, yeah, it's kind of through the exploration of kink. Um, like, I recently discovered I like being called daddy instead of mommy, um, which I was like kind of confused about. But um, 
yeah, I like through the exploration of kink, like realizing that you know gender is not such a binary thing. Like you can be like feminine presenting, presenting, but still have like masculine tendencies, or like want to be masculine sometimes, want to be feminine sometimes. Um, it's it is really strange and like. I still don't know how I define myself. So like currently I'm kind of like in a gender questioning phase, I would say, but um, like some days I like to be, you know, hyper femme with, you know, all pink and like girly. And then other days I'm like, no, I just want to be, you know, more masculine. Um, Some days I'm like, I wish I had all these like muscles and I could, you know, lift up the men <laughs> and just completely, <laughs> completely like <laughs> and be tall. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's an interesting journey for sure. Yeah, um, I'm curious <laughs> if um, if you find this difficult this thing of like again i think the stereotype when of a dominatrix is like this high femme presentation you know what i mean Mm -hmm. do you find that difficult thinking that you need to kind of adhere to that to be marketable at first when i started um i did think you know i have to kind of have that sort of hyper femme look but after talking to a lot of people exploring um, with partners and stuff, like realizing a lot of people do like the masculine kind of look. Um, and yeah, like it doesn't have to be, you know, one way or the other. It can be a mix of both. Um, so yeah, like, yeah, after talking to a lot of people, definitely like, I don't have to always be like so femme presenting and I like that like I can you know switch it up sometimes and it's really fun yeah Yeah. I always get like um really affirmed in my queerness like I'm a cis female but I get really affirmed in my queerness when I have like cis male clients or cis male partners be like, oh my God, you look so fucking gay. Like, and, and saying it a way of like, you look so hot. You look like the biggest dyke right now. Yeah. It's so fucking hot. And I'm like, yes, please. Like sometimes I'll show up, you know, not wanting to have the a super feminine presentation um, or a super straight femme, you know, presentation. And I'll show up in something that's a little more, you know, I look a little bit more like a dyke that day. (laughs) And the client being like, oh, you look beautiful. You look so nice. I I just love the outfit, by the way. I just have to say, I'm like, thank you. Okay, yes, that like (laughs) affirms me that I can, you know, there's a bit more wiggle room than you might think with uh, the way you present in a pro session. Exactly. And um. But I actually, it reminds me, I just saw this uh, thing online where it, it was like a strap-on belt, but it was like like a literally a tool belt <laughs> with a strap-on. Oh and I was God. like, I need this so bad. <laughs> but like, you can't buy it anywhere. But yeah, mm, that just reminds me, I like, need that. 
one of a kind creation, <laughs> you know, they yeah. just made for themselves. That's so cruel. So smart. That's so right? cruel to post that and make it. us want it. <laughs> and it doesn't exist. Like, <laughs> it would be so perfect too. Like you can put all your like lube in the pockets and the dildos. Like absolutely, so good. Yeah, I yeah. saw. I've seen people. Um, I love this look. Like at kink events, you know, you you don't want to be carrying around your you know your implements and stuff like and you can't be carrying stuff around in your hands you know so like yeah. i've seen people kind of creatively like hanging floggers off of their belts and like stuff like that like they they kind of do have a bit of a tool belt but i think they're just using a little carabiner and hooking it on the loop of their pants or something but like yeah i think there's i think there's a market for this <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah if people need to be wearing the stuff to see do a scene in gotta have it on your person (laughs) (laughs) another thing um like that ties into the whole like gender bending kind of thing is like that's one reason why i love pegging so much (laughs) it's just literally like the ultimate like switch up like having like the like dick like just in between your legs and like being the one to do the penetration is just so like mind bending it's just so amazing yeah that's like why i love it so much (laughs) yeah you get to wear a dick like exactly (laughs) how fun is that and if you are yeah like having a gender exploration it's like cool i get to experience what it's like to be wearing a dick and be fucking with a dick like that's yeah it's interesting even if you're not on a gender journey journey but i assume it's even that much Mm -hmm. more interesting when you are yeah, it's just so fun. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All my, like, close friends know, like, pegging is, like, my favorite thing in the world. It's the one. <laughs> yes. Okay. So other than what you just mentioned about how you like wearing the dick, what else do you find interesting about pegging? I love answering this, asking this question about, <laughs> like, a certain activity because the answer can be so many different things. What do you find interesting about this activity, right? So I'm curious. Mm-hmm. What do you th- what do you think about pegging? Um, for me, at least, like, it's just the complete, like, vulnerability of it all. Like, the person who is being pegged by me is, like, in like a really vulnerable trusting state like the fact that they trust me that much to perform that act on them is just like amazing um and there's obviously so much responsibility and prep and everything communication um that goes with it but yeah i just feel like i'm in that moment in complete control (laughs) um yeah that's what I love most about it. I think like the, just the whole vulnerability part of it. Mm. So, so nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very intimate, you know, it can be very yeah. emotionally intimate, you know, obviously exactly, it is yeah. physically you're penetrating somebody, but like it can be emotionally <laughs> intimate. And I like that you mentioned like all of the negotiation and prep and communication, like that is, that's emotional intimacy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I did a fisting demo at Oasis, like, um, a few months back and we talked about that like how very intimate that act is even though you know again the stereotype if you look at it it's like 
it's a really hardcore kind of activity, <laughs> but it's like, mm -hmm. man, when you think of all the communication that has to be happening for this to happen, like a large object insertion, it's like, mm -hmm. you know, of course it's going to be emotionally intimate. Like I'm, I'm so watchful. Like I'm not taking my eyes off of you, you know, while this is happening, it's really slow. So we're spending a lot of time together doing this, like physically, mm -hmm. you know, intimate activity, but like all the communication has to be totally amped up because it is like one of the, you know, it's not the easiest activity to do. Right. So that's part of what makes it like so super, super duper intimate. Exactly. Yeah. So much communication involved more than people realize. Yes. Cause we don't see that, you know, if people are just watching pegging porn or they're just watching, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, anal porn and, and <laughs> fisting porn or whatever it is, like you don't see all that there. So unless you're actually doing it in real life that you don't really realize. Right. I've seen like ones where they literally just use spit as like lubrication yeah. <laughs> and i'm like oh yeah. my god oh my god yeah no definitely not how it works but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like just yeah it's propaganda it's anti-lube yeah. propaganda <laughs> <laughs> the oh the worst oh my god the worst is if i'm at work and then people are like oh yeah i want to you know get a butt plug for my girlfriend and i'm like okay great like here's a, a plug and now you're gonna need some loop and they're like oh no 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 we're okay we don't need the loop and i'm like um no, yeah no, no, no. actually you do you do need the loop <laughs> oh lord yeah i'm, oh, I'm so literally not trying to upset upsell you like i am but, yeah. but, but like, you <laughs> oh, oh no gosh. yeah oh, no that poor yeah they, girl. they think it's poor girlfriend it's upselling but yeah poor yeah i i hope she's okay <laughs> i hope she's doing okay <laughs> with her fisher um her oh, jesus christ oh, yeah wow. yeah i think for me like for example for pegging um one of my main things i love about like a lot of different activities that's kind of um the same thing is like i love the reactions so like a lot of times, yes. you know, pegging gets like the best reactions. You oh, know? yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they are going through it. And it's like a spectrum of reactions, too, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, that's something I really, <laughs> really love. And, and, and also, you know, not to say pegging always gets reactions because sometimes it gets nothing and that to me is the most <laughs> awkward. The most awkward thing I could do in a pro session is a completely silent still pegging like yes. that is the most oh awkward God. thing <laughs> in ever <laughs> yep yep no reaction i'm like are you present like are you okay do you like this like should i stop <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you're trying to like keep the dirty talk happening or whatever or like yeah keep them engaged by asking them questions like but it's just yep. like oh man i mean just yeah. in general that's that's probably the hardest types of processions like pegging aside like when somebody is just like super duper quiet like super duper silent and i get it some people experience submission that way but like 
if you're not even communicating with your body, like you're not reacting in any way. Like, I don't care if people want to go nonverbal. I'm like, great, do mm-hmm. that. But like, I need people to feel embodied and get, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, give me the body language. I need to be you communicating with me in some way. If it's not verbal, then I love to see tons of facial expressions and moans and groans. Maybe, you know, if it's nonverbal, but it's still, um, you know, you're getting some sort of nonverbal communication. So yeah, arch of back and like, just breathing, heavy breathing, like that's all communication. That's all reactions. So like, if I'm getting none of that, that's really hard for me. That's really, really hard for me, honestly. Yeah, that's definitely something I struggle with too. Like I, I, I don't know how to react in that case. So yeah, (laughs) it is tough. Yeah, truly. (laughs) And especially if it's a long session, it's like, oh, God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I like, I try to just check in. I'm like, are we doing okay? Like, do you want me to do something else? And then they'll be like, no, no, like, this is great. And I'm like, oh, okay. Is it? Because I wouldn't have known. Yeah. 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 So you gotta ask. In that case, you gotta ask, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And even like, (laughs) if you're getting the one word answers, if you ask a question like that, and they're like, yeah, it's, they're like, it's good. It's like, yeah, it's good. <laughs> I want it to be mind blowing. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and yeah. you gotta help me get there. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm good at reading people and I'm good at my job, but I'm not a mind reader. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what do you do? I'm, I'm taking this from like, an episode I recorded a while ago of like, when you get to do a procession with somebody, we have this opportunity to tell the client like, okay, this is what this looks like with me. And I think this is part of what we were talking about before of like really developing your dominant voice, right? Because sometimes Mm -hmm. what can happen is a client comes in with a list of activities, right? Or they're kind of trying to plan everything out and tell you how to do everything basically, right? But to say like, okay, great. We're doing a foot session, for instance. This is how I do a foot session. So this is, you know, if you want to do feet, this is how it looks with me. How do you kind of navigate those those conversations and those scenes when you feel, you know, the client is not really um, <laughs> maybe in the headspace to like surrender to you or let you do it how you're going to do it and let, let you, you know, truly kind of take charge and you are the leader. How do you navigate Mm -hmm. those times? I haven't actually had too many experiences like that. The more so, (laughs) more so I've had um, people kind of um, overestimating how much time we actually have. So they'll request, you know, like pegging and then face sitting and then worship all within like a one hour kind of time span. I'm like, these are all great. Like I want to do all this, but just to be clear, like you only booked for one hour and we need, you know, about five minutes to like prep and set up and go through like a negotiation. And then we need at least like five to 10 minutes after the scene, you know, for aftercare or any kind of cleanup. So do you do that via like when they're booking, like you do that conversation in email or how does that uh, conversation look? 
yeah usually through email like they'll so they'll say like everything they want and then the time and then i say like um okay for what you requested like for this amount of time i don't think we can do all these things if you want to like focus on one or two specific things that are most important for you like let me know and we can focus on those um however like if you request like pegging and then like edging and then like impact play um you might like there's no guarantee that i'm gonna get you to that like point of like at like finishing or whatever and as long as you're okay with that like that's fine <laughs> otherwise you can book longer time and like they've always been fine like they're like okay i completely understand in that case do they usually they're like okay i'll do an hour and a half then or are they like, okay, then I don't need to do that activity? What's the more typical response to that conversation? Yeah, they'll usually just keep the one hour still and be like, okay, we don't really need to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Same. Same. <laughs> <find>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, I make it work. Like, I remember that my first like paid session, I went in there. I'm like, I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm so nervous. Um, but like, it just, it just worked out like you know i just like i winged it i guess <laughs> in you, a way, you but, have to right yeah yeah your first time yeah, yeah. <laughs> but luckily yeah the person was super nice and like it was his first time as well like everything pro dom so that really helped um when uh he came in like we uh went over like how the scene is gonna go like I said I'll have you like lie here and then we'll do like the whole pegging kind of session um, and then I basically said you know get uh, change into your clothes I'm gonna leave the room I want you to get into that kind of headspace and then when I come back we'll start the scene um, I actually got that like idea from Miss Chloe Mars so yes. thank you for that <laughs> yeah, I, do, I do the same thing yeah leave them yes, for a moment it, yeah. yeah it helps a lot because I'm I never know how to be like, okay, I guess to we'll start now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. so awkward. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that definitely helped. And then like we, um, I have the, that little clock that's at the ritual chamber. I have it beside me. Yeah. So I know like what time it is at all times. And then, yeah. Did you find like, was there a learning curve? Because if you're doing lifestyle domination, you know, you don't, you very rarely need to be thinking about how long you're taking with each activity and like time management, right? Like unless you two have to be at a dinner reservation at a certain time, you know, and you got to kind of keep it on the clock for that reason. That can sometimes be a really big hurdle early on in your pro dom career of like, okay, we need to do these three activities. We only have an hour. So I got to manage you know manage my time appropriately did you have trouble with that um yes actually at first um especially with like the more intimate scenes like pegging of course like i did not realize how long the prep takes <laughs> and like by the time like i finally like started you know the whole like um penetration and it, it was like already 25 30 minutes has passed and i'm like yeah. oh my gosh <laughs> Um, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, I did not realize how long. Like, with in my like personal life, like we'll have sessions like two, three hours, and 
doesn't even feel like that long and then when you actually start to like monitor the time it's like holy shit <laughs> yeah 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 so yeah it was, it was definitely like challenging at first to, you know um, monitor and like guess how much time each kind of act would take so yeah yeah and it's the other thing of like not only do you technically have to do that but also you have to make it seem really relaxed and mm -hmm. like you also can't make them feel rushed rushed exactly out the door at yeah the end or rushed yeah to orgasm or rushed to whatever so it's like that extra layer of like not only do i have to do this thing but i have to do this thing really kind of discreetly you know <laughs> yes it, yeah it is very challenging yeah 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 even me now it is i can fully say that like <laughs> especially some of these one hours oh boy you know yes yeah Because you can't it's so do little that thing time of they get an hour 15, you know, they get it, they get an extra quarter of an hour. Um, you Yeah. can't do that thing, you know, because then No. that sets the precedent they expect. They think an hour equals an hour 15. And it's like, nope. Yeah. And if they show up late too, <laughs> Ooh, oh my God, the last time. exactly. Like, we don't mind if you're late. <laughs> You will yeah. mind because you've got to be out still on the hour, but... Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. How do you manage? <laughs> Speaking of along the same lines, how do you manage when you internally are trying to rush this person out the door? Cause you're looking at the time and you're like, they need to be gone like yesterday. Like, cause sometimes they're really slow getting dressed. They're wanting, suddenly they're feeling so relaxed. Right. And they're, they're chatting away and you're like really trying to fucking get them out. How do you, how does one manage that? <laughs> It's Mm -hmm. so real. It's so real. <laughs> um, <laughs> right it is oh my gosh um i like for me i try to start ending the scene at least like 20 minutes before like 15 minutes before Yes. um Yeah. so yeah you know, like slowly wrapping things up um so that they can take their time to you know get out of subspace um and not like rush them and be like okay that's it get out Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. um cause, yeah i don't think that would be very nice like i would not like that as well so Exactly. um yeah just ending it kind of early you know taking the time to Um, check in with them after the scene, kind of aftercare if they like requested, um, and talk with them as well. Like if they have any questions, or I ask them like, um, how was the scene for you? Like, did you? Is there anything that you liked the most, or you wanted done differently? Um, that kind of thing, and and then you know give them some time to like. get dressed and stuff and yeah it, it it is kind of like awkward at the end but um yeah I try to make it as most like comfortable and like comforting as possible that they're not just you know like Yeah. Feeling kicked out. Because we hate to do that too. We don't want to rush you at the yeah end, also. So, yeah, I exactly think I honestly, the key is just ending earlier. I know no clients want us to end 15 minutes early, but like, I 10 was my standard. 10 minutes was my standard for so long. And like, so many people. cannot do cannot get out in 10 minutes like Yeah, yeah yeah, it is tough. yeah 15 it's got to be 15 I think
I think that should be that's 15 is the new 10 I think yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah 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 <laughs> especially if they're like deep in um subspace too yeah it's like their brain is all fuzzy like i get it like they can't really think about what's going on and like you know just take a second take a breather <laughs> that kind of thing so yeah yeah i find sometimes like that sneaks up on people right like yeah. you kind of in negotiation ask about you know, what are your, do you have any aftercare needs, any specific things or like, how much time do you think you'll need? But if it's somebody that doesn't have much experience, they're not really going to know. And sometimes that thing of how deep they go, um, mm -hmm. you know, they, it surprises them, right? So sometimes yeah. they've gone super deep and you only have 10 minutes at the end. And we as providers are like, fuck, just exactly. trying to do it in the most delicate way possible. <laughs> <laughs> How do you, um, what's your process for getting someone out of like a really deep, like either subspace or any sort of like, just they're deeply relaxed or they're, they've just are kind of in a, an altered state. What's your process to kind of bringing them out of that at the end of a session or scene? In like pro or like personal? Like, either. Yeah. Okay. Either. Tell me. So yeah, for like my personal, um, like life with like partners um usually you know like giving them some water um kind of just like laying with them um talking with them um you know uh reassuring you know they did such a good job um it was such a like wonderful time that kind of thing um yeah just like knowing they're in such a vulnerable state at that point, I just want to like reassure them that they're in a safe space and that like I'm here to like take care of them, whatever they need. I want them to be comfortable and yeah, just feel kind of safe. So, yeah. And yeah. I feel like um, it's interesting because you're like, are you talking about lifestyle or pro? And it's like, they can both look the same, right? But it's just that thing yeah. of like, it's interesting because I, I think sometimes, you know, clients are like, well, I don't like doing pro, you know, or I'm so happy I don't have to do pro anymore because then you don't have to worry about the timing thing. And it's like, well, that can definitely exist in pro scenarios, pro scenes and sessions as well. It's just you have to book enough time. Like, you yes. know, you know, you won't be able to have that experience in an hour. You won't. And I'm, I agree with you. But like, if you really don't want to feel like time's an issue, then you've got to book enough time. Like I've had yeah, people exactly, book, yeah. um, book three hours where they literally wanted a full hour of negotiation and like, warm up and stuff. And then one one hour scene and then a full hour of aftercare chatting exactly as you said like snacks mm -hmm. water a blanket lying together on the bed and just chatting and then you know once they're kind of coming around then like asking maybe some specific things about the scene and talking about what were your favorite parts you know what was like whatever whatever you know what I mean like those can those that feeling of not being constrained by time absolutely can exist in pro scenarios. You just have to plan for it as the client. You have to book long enough. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
it's like so limiting with just one hour really yeah it's really the hour is the issue <laughs> the one the, the one hour bookings let's be honest <laughs> yep and they're the most frequent frequent ones too unfortunately yes they are <laughs> but yeah yeah it's true so if we're doing 15 minutes at the end of the hour and then like yeah five ten minutes off the top like people realize that only equals like 35 minutes of play like realize yeah. that if you're booking the hour like like just wait a few more weeks and book the hour and a half it'll be it'll feel so different for you as a client it really will just save up for another month like just you know wait an extra month and then book a bit longer like you'll be yeah. happier we'll I'll be happier be we're still here <laughs> yeah. offering our yeah. services we're not going anywhere i'm not gonna retire no like it, within that month no you won't <laughs> miss the cutoff like yeah truly truly i truly um would prefer people see me less frequently and book for longer like i i prefer that a hundred times over yeah i yeah. totally agree yeah so okay juju we're just hitting the hour mark oh we did it wow did time flies <laughs> time flies you're having fun exactly <laughs> so okay we talked so much about the website so you got to tell us the website and then tell us all of the like your other socials will yeah. where people can follow you and see all the amazing stuff you're doing and most importantly book you and give you money <laughs> <laughs> exactly um, yes, yeah, so you can find me at mistressjuju.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram as mistressjuju, where I post a lot there. Um, and FetLife as mistressjuju as well. Um, and then Twitter is the mistressjuju as well. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so, um, I feel so much joy right now. <laughs> Me too. This was such a nice conversation. <laughs> so nice, so nice, honestly. Um, okay, yeah. let's see. For me, okay, if you don't know where to find me by now, folks, I don't know what to do with you. At the Lady Pim one on Twitter. It's <laughs> where I'm the most active. Um, if you must go to Instagram, I'm at the Bedpost Podcast, at the Lady Pim. Um, I'm also on TikTok for some reason, at uh, the Lady Pim. And. <laughs> Uh, the YouTube channel is going to be, it's going to be resurrected, everybody. Uh, once a month, I'm going back in the studio to do video interviews. I know, crazy, right? Mm -hmm. And guess, Juju, guess who my first guest is? We talked about her a lot this episode. Is it Miss Chloe <laughs> Miss <Mars>? Chloe Mars! <laughs> hey. So YouTube is The Bedpost Show. Patreon, that's an important thing. The Bedpost Show as well. There's lots of clips and um, pics and solo episodes and audio erotica on there. And then I never like to go an episode without thanking the lovely lady who does all the original music for the podcast. Stephanie Copeland can be found at stephcopelandmusic.com. Mistress Juju, this has been such a fucking pleasure. You are welcome back anytime. And folks, I hope you enjoyed listening to us. Be really cute. And we'll see you next week with another fun and sexy guest here on the Bedpost Podcast talking about sex and sexuality. Until then, get fucked, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.